Hello, and welcome to the Count Thread Podcast. My name is Lou, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm very excited to welcome you to this week's episode. Today's segments will be FOs, whips, and brainstorming. All right, so I'm coming off a busy few weeks and going straight into probably even busier rest of this month, but I do have a couple of FOs to talk to you about. So let's get started with those. The first one is the Head Sock, which is a ribbed beanie pattern by Amanda Steck. I made this out of loops and thread wool-like in the color Teal Lake. And I was just, you know, trying trying my best to use up as much of the yarn as possible. And I had a bit left over at the end, but I'm not going to worry about it. Honestly, it's small enough that I count it as a leftover, so I'm very happy crossing that yarn off my list. And I I try to do some really sketchy geometry to try to calculate how much yarn I needed for the crown, and I overestimated, which is good because I would rather have a little leftover yarn than run out and have to frog. So I was able to add that to my bag of charity hats. I have 15 from this year that I need to donate, and I had a whole email exchange with a very lovely person who worked for an organization that I thought was local but is actually pretty far away. Uh, So I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with them. I want them to go somewhere where where they'll actually be helpful and not just be stuff for them to have to deal with. So once I had that done, I went on a little bit of a cleaning spree, which I guess probably was sort of procrastination on all of the things that I really should have been working on, but oh well. So I pulled all of my yarn out of my cabinet and pulled out all of my other miscellaneous crafting supplies and sorted through everything and tried to get everything neatened up. Uh, Cleaning and like that type of organizing is one of my main de-stressors. So I think it probably balances out like the time that that I spent on that that I should have been using to be productive and cross things off my list that are stressing me out versus the relaxation that I get from it. I don't know, that's a, that's always a tricky balance, but I did that. And while I was doing it, I pulled out a, I pulled out a couple of notes that I had tucked in with my cross stitch stuff and I went, oh no. So probably, I think this was probably just last year, last summer, I was helping my mom clean out her basement and she used to cross stitch a ton before my brother and I were born and while we were really young and then she kind of fell off of it and she very kindly gave me all of her floss and bits of magazines and different things that she had. And included in with all of that stuff were these notes that my grandma had written with ideas for something. I'm not actually sure what the finished object was intended to be, but she had written out a couple different variations of a way of saying like, there's no place like grandma's house, but in French, because 
uh, our family's Quebecois. So I honestly, this may have been intended for her mom. So like my mom would be making it for her own grandma. I'm not really sure. Um, probably I'll find out once I send it off to her and hopefully she'll remember what the, what the origin story was here. But I looked at it and I realized I had intended to do this for her last year. And then I ended up doing something else also from my mom's basement. And then I had kind of just forgotten about it. But while I was cleaning, I was like, oh, okay, birthday present for grandma. So I said last time that I didn't think I was making any more Christmas presents from what I had already started. And that's true. But I did make a birthday present for my grandma who was born on Christmas. So, so on a, on a technicality, I have not added any more Christmas presents to my list, but I did spend an afternoon and a bit of a morning last weekend making this happen. So in addition to all of the magazines and stuff that my mom gave me, I also had a coworker two jobs ago whose eyesight was kind of going. So she also uh, very generously gave me a bunch of different books and things that she had. And it really came in handy because, you know, what I wanted to make for my grandma was, of course, not a pre-existing pattern. So I ended up, I flipped through a bunch of things, but I ended up using a book, which was the Better Homes and Gardens 2001 Cross-Stitch Designs, the Essential Reference Book. And from there, I took, I took the patterns for some apples. And then I also used the Alphabet Book by Linda Culp Calhoun, which was published by Leisure Arts. And I, of course, used one of the alphabets out of that for the lettering. I just really kind of ad hoc threw this together. I ended up kind of mapping things out on a piece of graph paper. And again, I talked about this when I was making the pattern for the um, new house cross stitch I'm making for my parents. This is not the best way to do this, but I just kind of, I don't know, I really struggle with using things like stitch fiddle and getting things laid out how I want to. I'm much more comfortable on paper, even though it's a huge pain, because obviously you can't just drag and scooch things over a stitch if you need to. And I ended up doing that several times, but we got there eventually. And so I now have this finished piece. The lettering says, de place comme chez ma mère, which is, um, there's no place like grandma, like grandma's, and then three apples underneath because my grandma loves apples. It's like always been her thing. And I have one whole apple and then two that are kind of cut open that are mirrored. And I literally took a picture of the chart in the book and vertical flipped it on my phone to use the chart. Like this was it was a little bit of a janky process, but we got there. And I somehow ended up with way more space between the apples and the words than I wanted. So I put in a little bit of a, of a border kind of situation to fill in the space and it's fine. And so I got a frame for it and it really is pushing the boundaries of fitting in the frame. I think if I, like if I went a size up, I think it would look weird and I do not have the time or frankly the budget to get to get this custom frame. 
So, um, apologies to my grandma. Not that, not that she'll ever hear this, but I don't think she's going to mind the kind of sketchy framing either. So that's that taken care of. Is an FO that came together truly in like 36 hours of frantic, oh my gosh, I forgot I needed to make this thing for my grandma. And then lastly, in terms of FOs, I have just very, very boring in comparison. I made myself a set of fresh face masks. I uh, have never stopped wearing masks. I wear one every day to work and whenever I go out and I'm using the same, I had been using the same masks that I made in, you know, spring, summer, 2020. And the elastic was really starting to go on a few of them. The, and the actual fabric was just starting, I think, to get a little tired. So I just pulled out some leftovers from some, from some past quilting and sewing projects and made a handful of them. And I didn't, I didn't really follow a pattern. I kind of Googled to see like what size of a rectangle should I be starting with, which was a little bit silly because I looked at it and I thought this is going to be too big for my little face. And the first one I made was gigantic. Like it, <laughs> it could sit, you know, like where it's supposed to under, under my chin and fully cover my eyes with it when it was like, you know, fully accordioned out. So I ended up kind of folding that last pleat under and tucking it, but that's fine. That mask will probably be a little bit more of a backup when I get, when I get low and need to do laundry. But the other four, I ended up cutting off about an inch and a half from my initial, uh, from the rectangles that I cut out and then only pleating them twice instead of three times. And they fit perfectly, basically. So I'm really happy with that. I made one that's reversible. So on one side, it has just kind of a very plain black print, but then on the other side, it's got ghosties. So happy with that. It's, you know, just something that I have been meaning to do for a few weeks and just got done the other night so that I would, so that I could be done and I could have some fresh masks. So that is it for finished objects. So let's move right into my whips. So in terms of the active whips that I'm currently working on, I've got the same two that I've had and I've been talking about for a little bit. So I've got, or maybe that might not be true. I may not have started, time is getting a little confusing. I actually think I had not yet started the beanie for my dad when I recorded the last episode and I was debating whether I was going to finish. Yes, that's right. I was debating if I was going to finish the head sock before starting it which I did, of course, end up doing. And then I got this cast on. The crown went, you know, relatively smoothly. There was one point where I realized I had really gone off script with the increases in a way that was not going to look good. So I did have to frog back a, a few rounds and I ended up putting in just a bunch of stitch markers after every little repeat just so that I couldn't make that mistake again. And so once I did that, everything went nice and smoothly and I have been trucking along on the plain section for a few days now. And I think when I spoke about this last, I said it was three by one rib. It's actually three by two, which is nice. Got a little bit more of a rhythm, but it's, it is tricky because I'm used to having 
when I when I have my plain autopilot knitting for while I'm reading or doing other things, I'm used to it really being just plain stockinette. So there, I've been trying to read because I have a library book that it's due on Tuesday morning that I'm not nearly close enough to finishing. And so I was trying to read it uh, earlier today and I kind of looked down and I had, you know, offset almost a whole round of the hat by one stitch. So I had to tink back and redo it. So I'm, I'm glancing down a lot more uh, a lot more often now and keeping 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 it together. Um, I'm looking at it now. I haven't measured it, but I have maybe four or four and a half inches after the crown. So we are so we are chugging along and so we're chugging along and I'm not at all worried about finishing this in time, which is nice. I like I like to not be stressed. My other rib, on the other hand, I'm not nearly as confident about. So this is the cross-stitch interpretation of the house that my parents will be moving into next year. And folks, I've been doing my best. That's truly all I can say for this. I should have spent more time on getting the pattern ready and making sure it was properly symmetrical and that it was more stitchable than it is right now and than I have been working on. I didn't, so there has been some unpicking and some adjusting on the fly and trying to make things work and look okay. I also just wish I had made it smaller and you know less less detailed, I guess. It's not it's not even that detailed, but just the the scale of it I'm I'm regretting a little bit. Uh hopefully I don't yeah I, hopefully it turns out well that's kind of all I all I feel like I can say at this point so I finished the base stitching for one side of the house and I'm moving on to a little bit that's kind of in between and then there will be another very similar section to the first one on the right and yeah I'm just I'm not super I think it'll be okay I should be more positive I think it'll turn out fine and I'm yeah, I'm just gonna choose. To, <laughs> I'm gonna choose to believe that it'll turn out fine and it'll look nice, and my parents will like it and appreciate it for what it is. But I'm, as I said, I'm not even confident that I'm gonna finish it in time for Christmas. So this is maybe going to turn into a housewarming gift um, in you know January or February, which would be fine with me because I do have other things that I'm giving to them. So I'm not feeling a ton of pressure to get this done. Okay, so for brainstorming this episode, I did kind of an assessment while I had all of my stuff pulled out from its shelves and everything and I was going through things. I did a little assessment and trying to do, you know, get a little bit of a plan in order. So I like to do this process every few months so that I can kind of keep track of if I have anything that has really been languishing and I haven't been working on in a while, kind of get a sense of what needs to be done on any kind of outstanding whips and also see what I'm looking forward to making and especially for the past few months kind of focusing on using up yarn that I have already. So I will run you through my thought process for this update which I guess I did on November 30th. Like I said, time is confusing. So in terms of my current whips, I have, of course, 
the new house cross stitch and my dad's beanie, which should be done collectively by the end of this year, we'll say. And then, of course, the Toronto afghan, which has been um, shunted to the side a few times now this fall, and which I am planning on picking up basically as soon as my Christmas making is all done. Then, of course, I have my Halloween quilt, which I am intending on having somebody else do the quilting on, and I haven't really put that much effort into finding someone just because it has a, it has not been a priority for the past couple months, but, and I'll probably honestly wait until January to try to do anything with that because I'm guessing that folks are probably busy trying to finish up commissions before Christmas anyway. So I'll get back on that in a few weeks. And then the Kellogg shirt that I was working on over the summer and which I kind of set to the side and put in timeout because it wasn't coming out how I was hoping. I actually ended up frogging it while I was doing this whole cleaning process. I have truly no idea what I'm going to do with that yarn, which is a little frustrating, especially because it's been cut because it was a striped pattern. So there, my skeins are in smaller balls, which makes it, I think, I feel like makes it a little bit harder to, you know, sell or trade away. But I don't, yeah, I just don't know what I would do with it otherwise. But for the moment, I'm just crossing the Calad shirt off of my whips list, which is nice in and of itself. And then I have two other UFOs or unfinished objects that I don't think I've ever talked about on the podcast before. The first is a pair of carnation earrings, which I was making to list in my Etsy shop. And I got most of the way through the first earring and then just kind of stopped. I'm not, I don't remember why this was several months ago at this point. Uh, so I definitely want to at least finish the crocheting of that first earring just so that spool of, because I'm using a bright red sewing thread and a, you know, a tiny steel hook. And so at the very least, I would like to be able to cut it off of the cone of thread, but ideally, of course, you know, make the actual pair but the, the motivation on that has not been super strong because I have, I do have a finished pair and that hasn't sold. So I'm just, I'm like, well, why do I need to make the second one? I'm, I already have some unmoving inventory, but in any case, it would be better to just get that done and have two pairs. And then I also have some leftover hexagons from the English paper piecing quilt that I finished in June. And I think I talked about in the first episode of the podcast and this is just a handful of, in, a, in a variety of colors that I didn't end up incorporating into the quilt and then I want to do something with. So I'm thinking if I make a few more hexes and fill out the color spectrum a little bit that I could do kind of like a rainbow wall hanging kind of vibe. And that's another thing where I just haven't had a ton of motivation to sit down and actually just because there's been other, you know, other projects with deadlines and things, but I would like to actually do something with them so that they can stop staring at me from, from my cabinet. I'm looking at them right now and I feel like they're looking back. Um, anyways, and then I didn't even write this down as one of my whips, but I should probably, but I should probably actually count the two, my next two kind of quilt projects that I have 
technically already started. So the first I've talked about a couple of times is the puff quilt that I want to make. And as part of going through things, I did also take my collection of cabbage and fully shred it into coleslaw, which took forever. And I really hope, I really hope it was worth it. Like I hope that it actually makes a difference and is, and it, that it will be better stuffing for the quilt a little more shredded up because if not, I'll just be, <laughs> I'll just be bummed about all the time that I wasted. But I have a pretty big bucket of cut up scraps that are ready to be used for that. I've sort of been kind of setting some fabric to the side that I want to use for the outside of the puffs, but this is, this is another probably January project. Um, once things, once I've got some deadline projects done and I can do something just very self-indulgent, then I think I'll, I think that's when I'll really start, you know, laying my fabric out and seeing, seeing what I can do. And then similarly to that, I did something that I've been thinking about for quite a while and I took all of my flannel scraps and cut them into as many squares as I could get out of them and then the little leftover bits went into that scrap bucket. So I have made a few projects with flannel over the years, a few pairs of pajama pants and a couple other things. And kind of coincidentally, they have all been in kind of a black, white, gray color palette. And so I was thinking that they would make a nice blanket put together. So I have some that are, I guess, six and a half inch square, and then some that are four inches, I believe, which is not like that math doesn't check out for almost anything. But I had a, you know, a square ruler that was four and a half inches and a square or a, one that was four inches and one that was six and a half inches. And I decided to just cut them to those sizes, probably the four and a half, maybe they are four and a half because I keep saying it. In any case, the smaller squares, potentially I could have, you know, three to two of the large squares or just two to one. Um, but again, I'll get more into that later. I probably, I might have enough squares cut already to make a decent sized quilt, but we'll see. Again, that's probably going to be a January thing. So then going back to some more yarny things in terms of upcoming projects that I have planned, I have one more beanie that I want to make that I spoke about mm, probably the first episode as well, using my bits of Patton's Croy stretch socks in a kind of spearminty colorway. And I'll probably, I'm not sure about the pattern. I was thinking about using the same pattern that I'm using for my dad's beanie, but I'm not, I'm not totally enamored with how the crown looks. So I might try to find a different option that, but I would love it to be top down so that I can truly use up as much of the yarn as possible. So I'll see about that once I get there. And then I think I also talked about the two skeins of yarn from Feederbrook Farms that I have that I want to make into a brioche cowl. And that would be good to do uh, with a little bit of haste since it is, it would be nice to have for this winter. And then I have some Garoko Remix Light that I had gotten for a specific project that was, I didn't really like how it was turning out and frogged. And so now I'm kind of like, mm, what do I do with this yarn? So similarly to the yarn for my uh, Calad shirt, actually, 
And so I think I've picked out, I should be able to get one kind of short sleeve top out of the teal that I have, because I have two skeins of that, and a tank top out of the gray, which I only got one skein of. So I'm looking at the patterns uh, Sonnenstunden for the teal, which is kind of a raglan with, I think, moss stitch? It might be seed stitch, I don't remember, but it has kind of a textured stitch detail uh, along the raglan lines. And then the Moonless Tank by Jacqueline Seaslack for the gray. And I'm not completely married to those patterns, but that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. And I do have some other kind of what I'm thinking of as full quantities of yarn that has not been assigned to a project yet. So I've got basically four sweater quantities, three of which are, or excuse me, two of which are frogged from previous projects that I'd like to do something with. I have another, and then I have two 100 grams of uh, sock yarn that I don't really want to make socks with, honestly. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the, with really any of that, but that's kind of what I've been percolating on. For now, I think I will leave it there. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one.